0: Hey, Macca. Hey, Streety. We're back. We're back. Uh, a couple of weeks off and we're coming at you with episode three. That's correct. We've made it past one. We've done two and we're back for three. It's the hat trick.
1: There's probably a couple of people that dropped off along the way, but we're back for episode number three of Sports and Spit. It's been a big couple of weeks and we're going to give you a little bit of a chat for the next hour or so. Let's get started. Yeah, let's do it, mate. So, two weeks since uh, episode two dropped. What have you been up to, mate?
0: Mate, I've uh, I've been away on a bit of a family holiday down the south coast. It was a bit of a um, sporting adventure. I, oh, yeah? I went to see what the Great Southland, uh, south of Wollongong, <laughs> had to offer. Um, and besides an NBL game that I couldn't watch because right. it wasn't on, there was... Wait,
1: because it wasn't on, did you think that you were going to go and watch it? Oh, I was hoping to catch the Hawks oh, playing a game, but they just okay. weren't there. Right, okay. Okay, I get it. The scheduling just didn't match up. And then uh, aside from that, there's, there's nothing
0: else down there to watch. So I had to make my own fun, and I, I did that. I took my mountain bike down and hit some trails and uh, did ex- you really? explored
1: a little bit, yes. Oh, switchy on the mountain bike, eh? Yeah. Uh, and And how did you go on two wheels?
0: I, I didn't have any stacks, no broken bones, um, and no torn ligaments, no concussions, facial fractures or anything to that nature.
1: That's a pretty good result. The you odd could...
0: scrape and scratch, but, but I would consider that venture to be quite a success, and the peak of that was actually uh, hitting uh, the Stromlo mountain bike parking camera, oh, yeah. Canberra, which is a world renowned venue. I have heard of that. That was all good. And did you wear Lycra while you were bike riding? No, mate, I, I have a strict regimen of boardies and a t-shirt. <laughs> with a backpack
1: no lycra at all what about lycra to protect the giggle, be- giggle Berries on the seat
0: oh, i wear some padded pants and boardies over at the top
1: yeah okay some padded pants that That's sounds like lycra to me they're a must yeah absolutely they are you got to protect the crown jewels even at your age That's you might right. be hanging them up you might not have any more kids mate but you still need them there
0: mundo. yeah what about you you've uh, had a birthday i
1: did thank you yes thanks for remembering uh uh, 39th birthday mate so uh, been a lot of years um, but it was certainly a, a good trip around the sun this year so um, a lot going on mate
0: good stuff now a lot happens in two weeks and I, we've been itching to uh, to hit this podcast for episode 3 so too have our loyal fans we've been getting a few requests asking <laughs> when episode 3 is going to go to air oh look we've had feedback galore from everybody and we really appreciate the love
1: and all of the, the constructive criticism We respond to constructive criticism fairly well So there won't be any long names lists this week I think we'll probably cut those out Um, But certainly we appreciate everybody taking the chance to have a listen And let us know what you think So certainly uh, after you've listened to today's episode um, Get back to us again and let us know what you think you might want to hear Or what sort of improvements you think we can make
0: Now you've heard about what I did in my uh, little trip away Tell me about your time off
1: Well, it's pretty quiet for me. A lot of sport because, obviously, January in Australia is big. We, obviously, have had the Australian Open. It's now in its second week. Um, So, we've all had a love affair with Nick Kyrgios for the last six or seven days or so. Um, The Australian cricket team has gone back to their normal position as being shit. Um, So, that's always nice when order is restored. Uh, And I'm sure the Big Bash League has continued on. Um, the Jets basically jinxed themselves. The Newcastle Jets were travelling well, then decided to come out in the media and tell everybody that their home ground was going to be a fortress and no one was going to beat them um, until later that night when the Wellington Phoenix got them 3-2. So always a great idea.
0: Now on top of that, no one's going to beat them, but uh, also no one's going to turn up. Um, Yeah, that's right. Crowds are pretty appalling for the A-League at the moment.
1: Yeah, they're the forgotten sons of of Australian summer sport, aren't they, the A-League? it was a pretty big couple of years for them on the back of the Socceroos and um, we'll talk a little bit about the Socceroos coaching gig later and and maybe have some scoops on some updates of who we think should get the gig Um, but for me mate the last couple of weeks while we've been away has all been about sport and family so um, just a typical Australian summer mate
0: you turned 39
1: I did thank you yes that's right yep 39 years 39
0: trips So, would you consider your 39 years thus far to be a success or, um, you know, achievement-wise?
1: Athletically or...? Well,
0: it's a sports podcast. Why not?
1: (laughs) Well, I feel like I may be entering my sporting prime uh, at this stage of my life. Um, I was, let's just call me a slow starter. Um, Yeah, the uh, eternal kind of fat kid um, growing up or maybe maybe through my teens and and, and my 20s Um, but look I think athletically big things are still to come for me so 39 might just be a turning point
0: right oh well um, we're one for research here at uh, (laughs) sports and spit I thought
1: there might be a stitch up coming I figured you might have uh, under that that other page over there that you wouldn't show me I figured there was something you were going to get me with. There. So what Can I've got here, I just, I've, I've got a few
0: names of, um, of people that have achieved great things in the sporting world at the age of 39. Right. Okay. First one I've got here is Kelly Slater. Ah. Now he's the proud sick, owner. He's, Kelly. He's the proud owner of 11 ASP world titles. Yeah. He, he was actually the youngest ever to win a world surfing title at 20. Yeah. But he was also the oldest to win a title at the age of 39.
1: Is that right? Correct. 39's a good year, hey. I actually had a dream about winning the World Surfing title once.
0: Well, it didn't come true.
1: No, but good luck to you, Kelly.
0: That's it. And uh, the next one... Get slotted, bro. We've got Grant Hill. Now, Grant Hill drinks Sprite, and I'm sure it, um, it helped him in some circles, but Grant Hill averaged double digits... Um, his, the whole way through his career, up to the age of 39. Is that right? When he retired from the NBA. In the
1: NBA? In the NBA, yeah. I feel like I'm averaging double digits in social competition for basketball at the moment. <laughs> I think I think I probably... Well, let's not say average double digits. Let's just maybe say I've had a couple of breakout games.
0: It happens to us all, mate. Yeah, thanks. The next one we have, George Foreman. Wow, oh. he, He's kind of top in the 39 uh, barrier. He actually yeah. won the heavy white, heavyweight boxing title... In 1994,
1: at the age of 45. At 45. Yeah. So in six years' time, I could be world heavyweight boxing you champion. Good, you could just be a world heavyweight. No, that's probably true. Actually, I'm, I am probably headed that way. It's been a, it's been a big two weeks on Christmas ham leftovers too.
0: Now that wasn't George Foreman's greatest ever achievement. No. Well, certainly not. After his career, he managed to sell 100 million grilling units worldwide. For his George 100 Foreman million. Grill.
1: Now, do you think it's one of those scenarios where George gets, say, a dollar from every unit sold? Or would George have been silly enough like, say, I don't know, the Spice Girls to have kind of sold their name early and for, you know, a small fee? What do you think?
0: Well, looking back on it, you wouldn't sneeze at uh, taking a dollar for each one, but I'm kind of thinking George would have been uh, likely think, to take the money up front.
1: I think George was a fast cash sort of guy. I, I Like, he strikes me as a fast cash sort of man. He yeah, had a lot of kids. I, yeah, he did. He would have been, yeah, he would have had to grind and feed those kids, all mainly called George, mind you. If you research, you talk about research, research George Foreman. All his kids are George, Georgina, Georgette. Man's obsessed with him. Maybe
0: so. with all the head knocks he took, he lost some yeah, brain cells true. when it comes to originality. But yeah. good, good luck to him. He's got good more money than George. us. A couple of other um, great achievers at the age of 39 was Sachin Tendulkar. Sachin. He was rocking around, still playing test cricket back in 2003. Oh, yeah. Monica Sellis. Monica. Uh, she wasn't uh, playing test right. cricket, nor was she 39 when she got stabbed. I actually no. read the wrong line in my notes, so I'll touch on that in a second. You
1: just wanted to mention that Monica Sellers got stabbed.
0: That's right. Um, yeah. We've got here in 1994, uh, Cameroon striker Roger Miller, from um, he scored a goal in the World Cup at 42 years old, the oldest ever goal scorer. 42? 42. 42, yeah. All right,
1: well, whoever's coaching the soccer is going to get a phone call or at least a tweet from me, trying to make sure they know who I am. and. I've scored a couple of goals for my soccer team over yeah. The time. Yeah,
0: you mentioned you, uh, you have the odd breakout game in Monday Night Social Comp Basketball. Yep. He scored 10 points. Um, but Michael Jordan uh, scored over 50 points at the age of 39. Did he? He did. And he scored over 40 when he was 40 years old. Right. Both with the Wizards. Still hope for me, yet. I could play for the Wizards. Yeah, and the man of the moment, Tom Brady, um, guided his team, the New England Patriots, last season to a Super Bowl win at the age of 39. Uh, and just
1: today put him back in the Super Bowl again the for age the of 40.
0: 11th time, I believe. 10th, I think it was. Oh, well. So uh, Tom, Go, Tom Brady will be the oldest ever player uh, at a, in a Super Bowl at the age of 40. Wow. In two weeks' time. Go, Tom. That's right. And the last one we have is for all you AFL heads. And I'm sure you probably know who this one is, but Dustin Fletcher was a rangy um, defender for the Essendon Bombers. Yep. He had a very lengthy career. He, he debuted. was a redhead, wasn't he? He was. Yep. He played up until he was 40 years old. Okay. Um, and he commenced in 1993. Yeah, right. His rookie year. First year in the AFL. Now, in 1993, I was in the 8th grade. Really?
1: Yep, I was about Were you 40. making lists?
0: Um, no, I was probably trading basketball cards, right. to be honest. Okay. Yep. Now, in 1993, here's a couple of things uh, that, would, that, that was happening um, just for reference Paul Ketting was PM yep. Shane Warne delivered the ball to yep. Mike Gatting in the Ashes um, Nirvana's In Utero was the number one album of the year
1: good album good album
0: and it was the year that Monica Sellis got stabbed in the back and right. French Open
1: ok that was the reference to Monica Sellis earlier
0: it was I read my line correctly there
1: <laughs> you do a lot of research good on you too that's great 39 years old I was just last week and maybe by the sound of all those things the best could be yet to come for me
0: who knows you never know mm. The people often say 40 is the new 30 so they let's do. see what happens for you next year
1: but if i don't if i don't reach my athletic heights i may just have a bit of a dummy spit and i think probably a good time to start talking about the dummy spit of the week
0: yes the spit of the week it's going to be a very important part of our show moving forward yeah now we're a few contenders this week but Without a shadow of a doubt, it came from the NBA. And I know we harp on about basketball quite a lot because that's uh, what we know the most about. However, you couldn't go past good old Aaron Aflalo from the Orlando Magic. He uh, got, you know, a bit uh, shirty when a big uh, Russian bloke was in in his ear saying a few words. And the following trip down the court, he threw an absolute haymaker that missed everything. So
1: it was a pretty decent punch. I did see the footage. Was that what caused it? Was it a... Was it some sort of sledging event? Or? So the,
0: I think the play before, and we're, we're going to post a link to the footage on our um, Facebook page after this episode. Okay. But what happened was down the uh, the play before, down the other end of the floor, um, a flalo went for a shot, I think it was, and he missed. Yep. Um, and the guy that he ended up swinging a punch at had a few words to say. Okay. F- Tripped down the other end of the floor, resulted in a bit of a scuffle, and old mate just cut loose and. He threw a, uh, a swing that even George Foreman would have been proud of. Had yeah. it connected, but he missed everything. It just looked like a schoolyard fight. And uh, But I've
1: got to say, I've got to give him credit. I mean, uh, that's probably one of the first actual punches I've seen thrown in an NBA game. There's been a lot of pushy, shovey type yes. stuff. But actually, that's not even limited to the NBA. I mean, you don't often see players in any sport these days throw an actual punch nine times out of ten when they do it doesn't connect
0: yeah this guy but put just on
1: you Aaron for having a go
0: completely lost his shit he got suspended two games but oh, okay he, uh, that probably cost him about $50,000 put it out there for the world to see mm. uh, I think more people laughed at him than anything, which was uh, yeah so he gets the award for our spit of the week so
1: that's the spit of the week Aaron Aflalo throwing haymakers in the NBA um, if you've got a better spit of the week or if you think somebody else deserves the award more than Aaron um, then get in touch via our Facebook or, or our um, Instagram page. We'd like to hear from you, especially once we post that footage. Um, I'd like to see that haymaker again. And probably the headlock that came after it. That was pretty impressive as well. Held yeah, him off nicely, the big... Was it a Russian guy? Oh, I think he's Russian or hey, he's, something Let's like just that. say European.
0: B. Leach is his name.
1: Yeah, oh, they all look the same. So let's just say basically he's from Europe. And he got him in a pretty
0: decent headlock and held him off nicely. Well, the old European headlocks have been working for thousands of years. Yeah, true. So, mm. Aflalo, after he missed his uh, his haymaker, he mm. was uh, he was locked up for good there.
1: Yeah, good. So, let's move on to some of the sport that we have seen in the, uh, the last couple of weeks and maybe give people our thoughts on um, the f- a few things that have happened. Let's have a bit of a look at what we're watching now. This is the Australian Open. Novak Djokovic, he looks very pained at the moment because he's losing. I always find he's one of those blokes who always has a bit of a sook when he loses. Uh, Are watching the Australian Open? It's been a good week at the Australian Open, Streedy.
0: How's it? Can't escape it. It's everywhere. It's all through my Facebook feed. I've got friends in Melbourne getting all their photos in front of the big AO sign. Yeah. If... I said I wasn't jealous, I'd be lying. Yeah. Well, I still of am yet to make my maiden trip to the Australian Open. Oh, but you've never been to the Open. Never been, but oh. we'll be going next year. We're gonna do a Definitely. sports and spit road trip. Oh, absolutely. But it's more than one likely, of the best. We'll probably catch a flight. Yeah, true. We we'll probably spent a few will. days down there yeah. soaking it all in. Oh, I didn't know that you hadn't been to the open. It's
1: fantastic. I go all the time. Or well, once a year at least. So let's have a look. Novak's playing uh chung from south korea as we mentioned now um novak has got andre agassi in his box or somebody who looks like they ate andre agassi he hasn't exactly stayed on the treadmill since he retired by the look of andre it's funny when you see those old players turn up isn't it they they just pop up in all sorts of different places
0: yeah like carlos moya's coach of rafael nadal is that right? And I actually think Carlos, Uncle Tony
1: retired, didn't he? That's Carlos
0: right. Moya may actually be um, the alter ego of Antonio Banderas. Is that right? The Hollywood actor. They look very similar. You think that that's what you think that's what he might be? So I, Car- Carlos I can Moya could be the push in boots, standby <laughs> voiceover guy. He, he quite
1: possibly could be. So, uh, a little while ago in episode two, I think it was, we made some predictions about the Australian Open. How did we fare, Streety? Were we even close? I, I believe I predicted Venus Williams to win the women. Yeah, now, she got, she got knocked out in the first round. So that's a pretty good indication of why you don't join my punters club. Um, who did you have in the women?
0: I had Wozniacki. Ah. She's going all right. She's uh, still in it? She is still in it. She had yeah. a big win today. I took her to, to defeat Sharapova, which by default was the only one I really knew yeah. who she was. So I had sure. to take her. But my favourite to win the women's, Wozniacki, is uh, Alive and Well. And, and is Sharapova still in it? No, must no, say, she's I gone. Haven't...
1: Oh, is she? Okay. Poor she's Maria. Gone. Yeah. It's hard for drug cheats.
0: Yeah. Now, flipping over to the men's, I had, uh, well, I think, like most of us, we've got Federer.
1: Well, he's a sentimental favourite, isn't he? And he survived the first week. And by all media reports, with some favouritism from the organisers. So scheduled only, uh, I think this afternoon was his first day match on Rod Laver Arena. Up until now, he's played all these matches at night. Now that's a uh, considerably big advantage, they believe, because of the heat that's been in Melbourne. So Roger getting to play in the cooler nighttime time slot. What do you think, Streetie? Is that a big advantage? Or?
0: I don't have a drama with it. I think you've got to show the, the goat some love, the greatest mm. of all time. I think he's uh, the main draw. That's why people turn up to watch him. So the longer he yeah. is in the tournament, the, uh, the better it is. I agree. I guess, and he's prime time. Novak prime, prime time. Novak's won this tournament
1: five times, maybe even six. He's won it a fair bit. Is is there some respect that should be shown to the to a defending champion of
0: that many years? Well, currently he's seated 14th, so I think any any special favors that he could have had. Uh, a long gone with that seating at 14. Probably doesn't help. There's I think you probably a... need to be in the top three to be shown a little bit of love by yeah. the organisers.
1: And you should probably not be a dickhead. Like he, He's not the most endearing character. He's got a an arm bandage on there. It looks a little bit like maybe, I don't know, his weight muscles sore or he's got third degree burns <laughs> across the arm.
0: Let's talk about this so, Chung I'm... fella. I've never heard of the bloke. Mm. Um. South Korean. Now, one thing I know for certain, I don't know his first name. Hmm. But I know that he is not related to a, a fellow we mentioned last episode called Kim Yu-Suk, the pole boulder. <laughs> yeah. Because, as we've discussed, Kim Yu-Suk was a terrible pole boulder. He couldn't even clear his attempts at, yep. at any height. Mm-hmm. So he was clearly very bad at what he did. However, Chung, with the first name that we don't know, with very thick calves, um, an interesting They're pair Michael Cheng-like calves, aren't yes, they? Yes, he's got a very interesting pair of Oakley glasses. I don't know if I like the white... Rims and clear lens clear He
1: book. looks like they're safety glasses for a squash game.
0: I think you're right. He might also be the world squash champion just trying some tennis for training. Maybe. But anyway, he's definitely no relation to Kim Yusuk. No. Because at the moment is quite There he is, Agassi.
1: Really. Look at him. Wow. You can't see his gut there, but he's fat. Don't worry about that. Camera adds a few pounds, though. Mm. But... I don't know. Bizarre kind of coaching scenario there, Andre and Novak.
0: You know what it is? It's probably all these tennis players have loved the tour life for so many years. They Yeah. You know, how much? What can a tennis coach really offer?
1: Yeah, what do you say? Oh, hit the ball harder. Like Or hit it over there where he's not. I don't know. Well, I suppose that's probably underselling it a little it's bit. It's not
0: like they can call a timeout and draw drop a play.
1: No, well, they're not allowed to coach them during the game, are they? So if they can't I,
0: coach them, what's the point of having a coach? Yeah, that's true. I
1: coaches can be overrated in sport that's probably a good topic for us to talk about how much influence does a coach have in any sport and 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 what type of uh what type of uh like i guess over influence does a coach have on sport we'll probably explore that a little bit later on not today but in a different episode so so if the tennis is kind of half over we start to now watch doubles matches on some of the outside courts and um channel seven starts to fill the uh time slots of the broadcast with um promotional material for their upcoming shows that will not rate and everyone will return to channel nine
0: is it less interesting now that kyrgios is gone
1: oh well i tell you we bagged kyrgios and and next year before we go on our road trip we'll bag him again but australia loves a winner don't they like we love when an aussie gets out there and Starts winning a few games on high sense or Rod Laver and that's right. Yeah, it's nothing yeah. like
0: jumping on a bandwagon.
1: No, we. I was on the bandwagon. I was behind Nick. I think, um, and his brother Costas. The human text message can't convey tone.
0: That's right. He's he uh, struck up a really good deal with Sportsbet too.
1: Yeah, that was controversial, wasn't it? Yeah, sold his chest for some money. Um, maybe Nick's not paying him well enough at this point in time. I I. Okay, let's so we put out a little bit of a call to some of our our loyal listeners on Facebook and one of them who I know quite well if you talk about blokes who've achieved nothing in their 39 or 40 years on the earth this bloke ranks up there. So a mate of mine Kent Simpson put put a um, a question to us around Nick Kyrgios and it was in compar- com- comparing him to John McEnroe. So Simo's question was uh, is Nick Kyrgios the next John McEnroe super-brat, or is he just basically a Gen Y hyped-up asshole?
0: Well, I, I probably would have to say the latter, but I wouldn't go to the extent of calling him a Gen Y asshole. after his performance in the first three or four rounds. I think he has captured Australia's heart. I think Australia wants to love him, and I think Kyrgios wants to be loved.
1: He does seem like he wants to be loved, he doesn't just, he?
0: He just needs to iron out some yeah, of that, does. some of those those dickhead traits. Um, yeah, I think maybe in the uh, he's given them back to Tomic, who reportedly sent him a message wishing him well before his games. What do you think Tomic did with the last week of his life? Counting all his millions, apparently twelve of them, apparently yeah. as he told the
1: journalists as he left. <laughs> Talk about dickheads. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit deeper than that. I think I think you're right, Nick. Probably. He he does look like he wants to be loved. I think, uh, did you watch his match last night? He, he did, yes. What about the foot fault drama? Because he was adamant that he wasn't foot faulting. But every other expert commentator and the, the umpire, who's pretty well respected, I might, might add, he was saying, well, mate, you're foot faulting. And Nick was acting like a bit of a... My dickhead.
0: Yeah, well, like I said, some of those dickhead tendencies do creep in from time to time. And I think um, when it wasn't going well for Nick, he kind of reverted back to some of that. Mm. Um, but let's face it, neither of us have played in an Australian Open or any form of professional tennis match. And there's a lot on the line. So... If you did... So
1: if, if let's say, I've seen you play tennis and and you're a chance, like, but... Would you complain about the tension in your racket and get someone to go and restring it?
0: I probably would need it restrung after I would throw it and break it. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't get to the point where I would complain it. I'd probably break it out of anger beforehand. That's
1: actually true. You would need a lot of rackets, I would think. I I think, Nick... I think there's some validity in, in Simo's question in the sense of Nick Kyrgios may possibly also be... I don't think he's deliberately using his attitude... Um, as a marketing tool but I know that John McEnroe would say that he used his temper and um, some of his outbursts towards the umpire uh, to put his opponent off Mm. I don't know that Nick's using it to put his opponent off so much as much as he's using it to focus himself Mm. he's the bloke who always says "Oh, he has no real interest um, in actually playing the game he's just good at it so that makes him sound like a bit of an arsehole as well um, sure. but you, I, I think he uses it to focus himself and so I don't actually know if he's going to be able to get it completely out of his game
0: mm. now when I've got to say this when McEnroe, McEnroe was at the peak of his powers back in the you know late 70s, early 80s it was at a time where none of this social media or technology or anything like that, that really existed yeah. so we only saw bits and pieces from from his antics on the court now I definitely think that he couldn't get away with what he did these days. Um, yeah. the The spotlight would be on him twenty four seven, and I dare say that the tennis powers that be probably would try to censor his um, his his words and behaviours a little bit more. Yeah, uh, they probably
1: wouldn't have liked McEnroe as much. I I, I tell you, I, he must he must get frustrated. There, there's a bit of a frustrating element to to the sporting life of a professional athlete. Did you hear the question that he was asked in one of his press conferences? I think after his opening round victory, um, one of the American reporters, I think, asked him about his relationship with Colin Kaepernick, the ex-San Francisco 49ers quarterback who's now become a bit of a political activist in the States.
0: I think that's pretty irresponsible from the journo, and I, I, well, probably, I, I probably think good on Kirios for shutting him down because it's, it's talking about NFL, this is tennis. Well, let's, that's what Nick just, said. Let's the, just leave it to he tennis. He
1: gave him a fair serve and said, because the, the reporter it made out as if Nick was mates with Colin Kaepernick, and they hung out or something. And Nick said, mate, I've never spoken to that bloke in my life. Emma at the Australian Open. So, look, I guess there's dickheads in every element of the sport, um, namely that journalist. Probably doesn't have the credibility that us two blokes have. No, um, definitely not. Not the integrity no. either.
0: I just got out a comment here while I'm just watching. This Chung has calves like a rhino. Yeah. His legs are
1: incredible. He does have big legs, yes that's true they must have squat racks in south korea maybe so, he
0: was from north korea and he escaped me he was could have, could have been part of the, the military there
1: yeah you probably have to have quick legs to get across that demilitarized zone i would imagine
0: yeah but now that kirios is gone i think it's time to get on the chung wagon
1: the chung wagon okay so you heard it here first sports and spit that's the australian open update we are going to back Chung all the way to this year's title.
0: And we still don't know his first name, but we'll, we'll find out.
1: Yeah, and we'll get shirts made up as well. So, what else has been happening in the last two weeks, Streety? Sport-wise,
0: cricket one-dayers, does anyone care? Well, listen, it's Australia and England are playing for the Who Cares Cup. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry are, to say, but the 50-overs competition has just lost Lost it for a lot of people.
1: Is it gone completely? With with 2020 being so popular, the test matches coming back a bit, is there a spot for 50-over cricket?
0: Oh, I think for now, but I think it's got a, a pretty di- dismal or bleak future. Um, I mean, I, I think the 2020 people have got it right. The, the two most interesting parts of a 50-over game, the first turnovers and the last turnovers. Yeah. So if you combine them together, you've got a 2020 match. Yep. Um, and then you know you've you got three three and a half hours of, of good solid entertainment, yeah, a bit of fun. And yep. that, that middle thirty overs in a game of one day and one day international is batshit boring sometimes. It is. Um, I who wants to be watching a game of cricket for eight hours? If you can do that, you can sit down for a test match. But
1: yeah, that's true. But I would I would lament the demise of the fifty over game in the sense of. There's different demographics that go to those games live. So I see the test matches being um, your cricket traditionalist. Traditionalist, I should say. Your older, you know, your 60-year-old or whatever. Taking their score. Someone who's happy to see someone score at a rate of two and a half runs and over or something. But your 50-over match, they're your blokes who are going to get shit-faced. Because they want eight hours... Of something colourful while they drink beer.
0: But a lot of the time at these games, the security's so tight that after four or five beers, you know, you're probably 10 or 12 overs in, you're half cut, you get kicked out anyway.
1: Yeah, that's true. Jason Taylor ruined it for all of us a few years ago when he got pretty blind at the cricket, didn't he? Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jason. Shit
0: fan, shit coach. Yeah,
1: shit bloke. Shit goal kicker, even though he kicked a lot of them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Shit knows too. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I think there's a spot for maybe every form of the game, but I think 50 over cricket will struggle to find um, relevance when the Big Bash League and the 2020s continues to get dominant. You had a good idea that we discussed pre-broadcast here. You were talking about maybe a 2020, not a tri-series, but kind of like a series between countries. Yeah,
0: I I, I think um, given the fact that a 50 over game is pretty boring um, and 2020 is capturing the hearts and minds of the younger generation of cricketers. Um, we obviously want to see our best of the best uh, cricketers um, play these 2020 yep. 20 games more regularly, so um, if the TV networks want to have longer advertising periods and broadcast periods, why can't we have a quad-nation series mm. where we play two double-headers um, with four different countries You know, two or three times a week? You could have a series that goes over three weeks. Yep um, You know that, that, That's plenty of games And you can you can rotate the matchups You know I remember back in the day When we had the Tri-Series here We may have had Sri Lanka And New Zealand out Yep um, When they played Australia It was all well and good But when they played each other They'd play you know At the Hobart or Adelaide Or somewhere other rubbish Like Canberra Not the Canberra's rubbish It's just the Monica Oval at the time Wasn't very good Yeah be
1: careful Your parents are still there
0: Yeah that's right S- Sorry to all my Canberra friends and family
1: Don't firebomb Streety's parents house I please. do
0: actually like Canberra now um, Now right it's gotten better. I appreciate it more. Is that
1: because of the awesome mountain biking down Stromlo, there? Stromlo, Stromlo. <laughs> and, the, and also, too,
0: I've got to give a shout-out to the Arboretum. Right. Now it, was, it was 10, uh, 15 years anniversary down in Canberra on the weekend of the the big bushfire they had there. Oh, yeah, which okay. pretty much wiped out a lot of the um, the suburbs out on the western side of Canberra, and southwest.
1: And awesome downhill mountain biking tracks.
0: Well, actually, as a result of those fires, um, oh, the right. Arboretum and the mountain bike track um, came out of that. Yep. So... Canberra, bit of a shout out. I still do harbour some love for you down there.
1: We love you, Canberra. Thanks for your casino. And uh, what was that pub? There's a good pub there. We've been there. Oh, Mooseheads. Yeah, Mooseheads. Thanks, Mooseheads. They were pretty wild nights.
0: Oh, I, I, here's a bit of a scoop. Now, I was driving home from Canberra back to Newcastle on Friday and we took the children past the AIS for a bit of a visit. Oh, yeah. Now, on, on, on route there, um, the Canberra Raiders are based out of there. Okay. Now, my journalistic eye spotted a large team huddle in the morning. It was a very hot day. Yep. So they're all huddled around in there um, you know, for a team talk. Yep. But I noticed from afar that nobody was listening to Ricky Stewart.
1: Is that right? No one. No one?
0: They were totally ignoring Ricky Stewart.
1: That is a wild and unfound allegation of a, a coach that's lost his team, but I love it. Yes. So, like, what? So, you saw heads looking anywhere but at Ricky? Yep, totally.
0: Now, I was maybe a good 150, 200 metres away, but right. I, I'm. 100... Line of sight? Did you have line of sight? I'm 100% certain they didn't really care for what Ricky was saying. Is that right? Now, we're going to cover the NRL in a season preview in a few weeks' time. We, when we will. Get closer to the season. But you've heard it here
1: first. Ricky Stewart, first coach in the NRL to lose his team this year.
0: Yeah, he's on the block, put it put it that way. But. Um, we'll... We won't spoil much of our uh, footy preview.
1: No, but I would say, uh, in terms of awesome coaches, I am just looking forward to Brad Fittler's contribution to Origin. Mm. Um, I think uh, as a person who struggles to get a sentence out, I'm also looking forward to the team talks that he would deliver. Hopefully, we might be able to snag ourselves a spot in the dressing room for that.
0: Fingers Mm. crossed. You never Mm. know.
1: Anyway, go the Raiders.
0: So... Look, I don't think I don't think we actually finished our uh, our talk on the on the coordination. Oh yeah, so
1: so this is your twenty twenty concept. Well, we probably have. I mean, you, you, what did you want? You wanted four nations to four come
0: international nations here for a three week series, playing mm. three, probably yeah, three days per week, all double headers. Okay. Um, at the big grounds: Sydney, yep. Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide, throw in Perth. Yep. And uh, give it give a Hobart a Sunday game okay and then, voila Cricket Australia you on a winner the kids will love it yep get rid of 50 over cricket altogether, and yep. you can still have your piss heads that want to go on boys weekends and Bucks yep. Bucks trips
1: but we just have to have a special section because 2020 seems to be pretty family oriented and plus it is difficult to to get sideways on like light beer. it wouldn't be difficult for me but it'd be difficult for others yeah yeah so okay well there you go we've sold cricket, solved Cricket Australia's problems for them Yep. we uh, you are welcome Cricket Australia uh, so you can send a thank you shirt in the mail um, now uh, another listener of ours um, and she's uh, a beautiful young lady who is heavily pregnant through summer so we we do say to her good luck to you you're a trooper um, but a lady by the name of Jill Morgan has asked um, on our Facebook page if we would give some sort of love to the WNBL, who just yesterday had their grand final, which was a cracking game of basketball. They did with a young, not well. So let's when we talk about people that have achieved things at 39, a 37-year-old Novocastrian Susie Batkovic, yep, won her maybe it was the sixth MVP award for the league, yep, but led her Townsville Fire team to a two-one victory over Liz Cambage and the Melbourne Boomers in yesterday's deciding game of the WNBL Grand Final Series.
0: So there's a lot of interest in the WNBL Finals, um, and it was good to see. And we actually had a lot of um, suggestions for for us to show some love to the WNBL. And it was yeah. actually on our list before before all these uh, inquiries and, and requests started flooding in. Yep. So, yeah, we have to give a shout-out to one of our own, um, yep. Susie Bakovich. That's right. Um, definitely a legend of the league a legend of australian ladies basketball she was turning back the clock with a performance this year i mean that was a hell
1: of a grand final series liz cambage is is an amazing player and i think far and away probably one of the most talented people in that WNBL. i, I think hard she, to stop
0: i think she's the nick curios of uh basketball oh nick curios of
1: basketball i don't mind that that's a pretty fair comparison not a Great name, sorry, sorry, Monica, to throw at somebody. Why do you say that?
0: Well, I think um, well, track records have shown that. Uh, I think post Olympics, a couple of years ago, Cambage went off the rails a little bit. Started doing some DJing and getting into some other stuff.
1: Is that going off the rails, or is she like Nick, just basically as as we've been asked a Gen Y, you know, athlete that maybe we don't understand, given that we're both close to 40
0: yes yeah, true i think well you know let, let's face it not neither of us have been professional athletes so we can't no. really uh put ourselves in those shoes no, that's true. big shoes at that what yeah. i add um but i will say that uh, perhaps after the you know slogging your guts out for two years to make a world championship team and then get get to the olympics and you know have the failures that they did at, at rio mm. yeah it's it's probably you know everyone would be in there in their you know because you right often right to, hear. Do you want to take op- a
1: break? Yeah, we often hear from the younger athletes and these, like, uh, the you know the ones that are up and coming about how they look for a balance with their sport. And, um, you know, some of them are into creative elements like DJing. And Nick seems to be into. Oh, I don't really know what Nick's into.
0: He wants to be an NBA player.
1: Does he? Yeah, okay. Well, good luck with that. So um, he may be in, I don't know. Sounds like he's into his girlfriend again, which is good for him. Um, but right, look WNBL final series was a fantastic exhibition of of what women's sport can do. Women's sport is going gangbusters in this country at the moment. And if if you're a professional competition and you don't have a women's league, then you quite rightly aren't even getting looked at by corporate sponsors. And by mm. fans, really, are you? Yeah. Like, no, no
0: it, was, uh, it was great to see a packed house. Now, one of the things I loved the most about watching this game last night was those rowdy Queenslander fans from Townsville holding up the big Andrew Bogut head signs <laughs> behind Liz Cambage and her bench. So they had Andrew
1: Bogut f- face masks?
0: No, big cardboard cutouts. Right. like. So now
1: you and I know why they probably did that, but for, for some people who don't know why that would be off-putting to Liz. Why don't you tell us?
0: So Andrew Bogut is one of our better uh, basketball exports, having a lengthy career in the NBA, was a number one pick back in the day, championing with the Warriors a few years ago. Yep. Now, I think it was around about the Olympics uh, for Rio, or even maybe a little bit before. These guys, Bogut and Cam engaged in a bit of a Twitter war that has seemed to carry on for a couple of years. Um, now... I'm going to back Bogut to, to win the war every time. I think he's uh, a bit of a wordsmith and very witty. Um, and he seems to sort of uh, come up with the appropriate burns at the right time. Um, Cam Beige doesn't back down. Full credit to her.
1: So they had a full-on war of tweets. Tweet war? Yep.
0: No fists were thrown. No. But just a What's tweet this, war. But...
1: And so to put her off her game yesterday, the Townsville fans had Bogat masks. That's a pretty good sledge,
0: but they they were big. Yeah, they were they? probably like you know five okay. times, ten times the size of a normal head.
1: Oh right, okay. Yeah, that would have been annoying for the people sitting behind them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. But I, look, it was a it was a great um, final series. The WNBL had a weird kind of scenario going on where uh, the Townsville Fire and the Bullying Boomers didn't actually finish first and second in a four-team final series. I think uh, it was. They actually finished third and fourth respectively, uh, and there was a really unusual situation where they played the semi-finals as a three-game series, but the home game was at the lower place team's um, stadium, like in each of those final series. So I think um, for the the teams that finished first and second um, just basically were behind the eight ball. So. Well, that was a fantastic. They,
0: they had to play away games.
1: Yeah. So so traditionally, in a when you see a final series, and, and this is probably one, again, for our basketball listeners, but you see that home court advantage will go to the team that finished higher on the ladder. Yep. Now, that's in terms of volume of games, and it's always usually the first game is at the higher team's stadium yep, because I'm it away home. gives you a good start, right? Yep. Well, in order to save costs, I think the WNBL... Reversed that and made it basically the first home game or first game of the series was at the home stadium of the lower place team. So both, I think, uh, I can't remember who the other eliminated semi finalist was other than the Sydney Flames. Um, but the you know so um, both of those teams had a fair advantage going into game two. I didn't know that, that they had a one 0 lead. So there was a bit of a controversy over the WNBL and their decision to uh, to run the final series that way. Um, but oh, look, it certainly didn't take away from the quality of the, of the finals, but there may be two teams in the WNBL that maybe felt like um, they were a little bit unfairly treated by that system, I would think. Mm. So that's a little bit of controversy still to come. But look, as we said, um, an amazing game. Always nice to see a Nova Castro get um, a win like that, especially um, after so many years of being such a great player in the Australian Domestic League. Susie, is, is obviously just one of the legends of the sport. So. Yeah,
0: so a big shout-out to you, Su- Susie. I'm sure you're listening, um, as many WNBO players do. Um, and if there's an off chance that you're not, well, then you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher. That's
1: right. And uh, when you do get back from your mad Monday and your week of being on the tins, um, if you uh, want to have a chat about how good it was to beat Liz Cambage and the rest of the bullying boomers, um, or Melbourne Boomers, then uh, we are certainly willing to have you on the
0: show. Exactly, and uh, we might even try and get another Newcastle legend, Katie Ebbsbury, on the and an Opal Olympian, so we can. Uh, That's a great idea. Talk all things women's sport. We could probably ask Katie how she feels about the WNBL final
1: series, but also how she feels going into um, the you know like the next stage of her career as she continues to pursue her professional dreams, which is great.
0: Yeah. Now one final parting comment on the uh, WNBL and it's um, associated uh, happenings is that uh, we just got to throw out there. We're still filthy on basketball Australia and Brendan Joyce for not picking Susie in the Olympic team last year. Uh, yes. We feel it cost us a medal. End of story.
1: Yeah. And actually it wasn't just Susie that was left out of that team. I don't think. And I, look, uh, I think Abby Bishop, I think there was a lot of controversy in Brendan Joyce and his coaching decisions. Um, and the Opal's certainly underperformed for what we would normally expect. Now, whether or not that had anything to do with it, let's we really don't have to worry yeah. about accuracy here. Let's just basically well, Joyce say, is gone now and
0: good riddance.
1: I was really surprised in one other selection decision that Joyce made, and that was that he didn't pick his son for the team. <laughs> uh, picked his son for every other team that he's coached. Um, one life, one chance. Yeah, I wonder if Daniel ever got a chance. Anyway, that's probably a personal vendetta. We won't bring that up here. So but uh, what have we got next, Macca? Look, I finally, I think for today's episode, uh, a really big fan of the show and, and somebody that's that's uh, we're looking to have involved in in some capacity. Uh, Nugget Adam Pfeiffer has posted what we thought was a fantastic question on our Facebook page, which revolved around um, if. Uh, let me just see if I can read this probably you are given a ticket for any one game anywhere in the world what sport and where now that is one of the better questions I've been asked in my life um, other than by my beautiful wife who asked me to marry her um, so uh,
0: funny that I could ask the same question too
1: <laughs> yeah well you know the good blokes always do that's right um, now uh, the this question by Nugget I, I'm more intrigued by that. Um so, Streety, one ticket, one sporting game or event. Yeah. Let's limit it to a game because I think Nugget was being very specific yeah. for a reason. Let's, let's say just one game, mate. Where do you go?
0: Well, I've already been to an NRL grand final and seen my team win for the first time. Oh, so I Christ, can't do that, that again. Sh- How do you weave that into everything we talk about? Oh, it's, it's got to milk it for all, for all we can. Oh, okay, so oof, let's see. I would be tempted to say an NBA Game 7 somewhere, but I'm going to go a bit bigger here. Yeah. I'm going to say I would actually love to see a World Cup final oh, in, yep. in England. In England? Yeah. Why do you want to see it in England? I just think English fans yeah. are the best. Yeah. Um, I think the atmosphere would be quite amazing. I'm not sure. Yeah. They'd have to play it at Wembley, you'd think, in front of 80-odd thousand. They probably would extend it. Yeah. They could probably fit 150 in the stadium if they really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. But I would like to see a World Cup final. Yep. um, In London. In London. Now, if the socceroos couldn't make it, well, then naturally I'd want to be there to see England be in the game. Only just because it would just be pretty mental.
1: Will you ever see England in the World Cup final? Probably not, but. Perennial they? You can always have a fantasy about it. I suppose it it is a bit of a fantasy, isn't it? What What about you? Oh, look, he's got me well and truly stumped. It's a fantastic question. I, if we mention personal sporting experiences, I I was lucky enough to have a ticket to the Sydney Olympic Stadium the night that Cathy Freeman won the 400-meter gold medal. I Like, you now, like if you'd asked me beforehand would I have wanted to be there that night if that was the one ticket I would have chosen, I probably wouldn't have. But I look back on that as probably one of the most memorable sporting um, achievements I've ever witnessed in person because... Just the noise, I've never heard anything like it, was amazing. So, it may be hard. Like, I'm a big Olympics fan, so maybe I'll choose the Olympics. I, I did get to see uh, Duke Blue Devils, my college basketball team, win the NCAA Final Four in Indianapolis. That would have been good. Um, yeah. I that was it
0: a football stadium, wasn't it?
1: It was, yeah. So, it was at the uh, like the Indianapolis Colts football stadium, which... Actually probably made it a really poor viewing experience because um, the stadium was too big. So sometimes, you know, you're sitting in it.
0: It's just too far away. You might have a similar view to what I did uh, with Ricky Stewart and the Raiders. That's
1: true. 150 to 200 metres. But you could see that that team was lost.
0: Yeah, yeah. They they definitely weren't engaged. Well, that was just what I thought. Get your money
1: off the Raiders because they're gone, apparently. Uh, I like your idea of a World Cup final. That would be pretty exciting. Um, I uh, the, there's one probably event I guess that I'd probably and I only just started to kind of think about this the other day. I'd like to watch a Super Bowl, the oh, American yes. Super Bowl, um, because of the experience of it. Yeah. Now, um, where anywhere in corporate hospitality is where I'd like the ticket yeah, to fair be. Fair enough. Yeah. Because um, as we get older, we get more privileged, and but but I'd like it to be corporate hospitality, but it also that event goes for days, and on the day of the game, like they have the tailgating parties. Oh, yes. With I've all tailgated the before
0: at a college, two college games in the States. Was it everything I'd hope it to be? It's unbelievable fun. Yeah, I see. Better we than need, the game.
1: We need to do more tailgating in this country. We just have
0: too many restrictive liquor laws and that's true, too many it? fun police out there. Yeah, that's right. Ease up Australia, come on. Yeah, have a go. You've There's done. one thing we can do. We've got... We're really good at being tall poppies, cutting down the, t- the tall poppies. Sometimes
1: you just want to have 10 shots and headbutt your mate. Australia's out, also like.
0: fantastic at getting on a bandwagon.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: But we're also really good at killing a friggin' good time.
1: Yeah, that's exactly So right.
0: lawmakers, ease up. Yeah,
1: give us a crack. So let's have more tailgating out there. Although, look, why don't we try all tailgating at the next Newcastle Jets game? We could bring our Weber Barbecue... There's plenty of room in the car park.
0: No, yeah, no one turns up. We could probably so, pick where we wanted to sit.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay. There you go. Maybe a sports and speed outside broadcast from uh, uh, McDonald Jones Stadium, the Jets' next home game. Oh, we'll I've got it.
0: another idea too nice. for, for, for Nugget's question. Yeah. Now, this could be a really... Between that and a world this next one in a World Cup, a bit of a toss-up. Oh, yeah. I probably would maybe cut off my left nut to watch... Cut off your left the nut. The Australian Boomers play in the Olympic final.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. I'm not sure why you'd protect your left nuts with so much lycra on your downhill mountain biking and then cut it off. But, I, yeah, a gold medal game. Yeah. Australian basketball. That'd be pretty good to witness. But, uh,
0: I, it's more, I'd like it's to more, see that. It's more of a chance than uh, Socceroos doing any, Yeah, well, any good in a World Cup.
1: Well, yeah, you wouldn't see and, uh, the soccerers playing in the World Cup with final the, with
0: the squad that we could potentially have. We, uh, you know, it's it could happen if all the chips fall their way, and it could yeah. happen as soon as two years' time.
1: Yeah, I like that idea. I, I like an Olympic gold medal basketball game would be a pretty good ticket. I mean, really, there are so many. I, I, you know, I'd love to watch the U.S. Open final. Um, I'd, I'd love to, to, to witness, um, some of the spectacles. Um, in European sport I've never been to an English Premier League game um, and I'd like to go and see one of those so like an FA Cup final would be pretty amazing
0: I've been to an FA Cup round 3 match have you? yeah Manchester United versus Aston Villa at Birmingham
1: no, that's a pretty good one
0: so uh, Rooney and Ronaldo both scored goals in that game yeah, that was right. pretty good but yeah. I was in, uh, I was at the opposition's I was at Aston uh, Villa's ground so, so you weren't so happy with that there wasn't much love for the Red Devils that yeah, day
1: okay I mean, look, honestly, it's a fantastic question from Nugget. And um, we probably want to know where you would go if you had just one ticket to one sporting event um, and where you would like that to be. Um, And we'd like you to kind of see if you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter uh, to try and um, let us know where that might actually be.
0: That's right. We're going to uh, post the question and we would love to hear your uh, thoughts, comments and where you would go to watch this set event yeah so I think probably for episode 3
1: mate that's probably brought us to a bit of a close
0: that's right uh, yeah that's it's going to be curtains for ep 3 now what I will say is in the upcoming few weeks we've got some uh, exciting episodes coming up where we'll be doing the AFL and NRL preview shows yep that's right um, even maybe look out for a double episode that week yep um, we probably will do a Super Bowl special Hopefully, uh, that's in a fortnight's time. Yep. Um, with the Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles, hmm. and um, we are currently in discussions with a couple of high-profile guests. That's right. Um, that we are quite excited about, which should hopefully take sports and spit to the next level. <laughs>
1: So we'll keep those under wraps for now. So we want you to probably come back and listen next time. See if we'll give you a bit of an update on who those guests might be and what type of content they'll be able to share. Um, And look, thanks a lot for tuning in for episode three. We are going to call it a wrap there. We may be back on Sunday night when the Australian Open final's on. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's hope Novak Djokovic isn't in it, um, except for the fact that maybe Agassi will have another couple of days at the Crown Buffet. So. Anyway, thanks, listeners. We really appreciate you coming by for another episode of Sports & Spit.
0: And if you want to find us, jump on our Facebook page, Sports & Spit, Instagram, Sports & Spit. And if you are an avid podcast listener and want to know how to find us, you can get us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Until episode four, all the best.
1: Cheers, guys.